Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Practical Priesthood Podcast. We understand that every baptized believer is in the priesthood. The Practical Priesthood Podcast is here to inspire you, to inform you, and illuminate you through the lenses of scripture, theology, tradition, experience, and reason as you live out your everyday life. 1 Peter 2, 4-5 says, Come to him, a living stone, though rejected by mortals, yet chosen and precious in God's sight. And like living stones, let yourselves be built up into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. said before, make sure to rest and to take your Sabbath. But what does that mean? In a world that is nonstop, where work never seems to end, how do we take a Sabbath? How do we rest? And what does Sabbath actually mean? Join us on this episode of the Practical Priesthood Podcast as we talk about rest and Sabbath. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode, our 11th episode of the Practical Priesthood Podcast as we keep chugging along and, and doing some some great episodes on some great topics. Um, we've talked about a lot of good practical things, giving you some good uh, history and tradition and talked about the importance of scripture and all that. But today we are talking about rest and Sabbath. Yes. Uh, and uh, t- today we have everyone here in our in our, tr- in our church basement studio, um, the, the mega supreme Practical Priesthood Podcast Studio. Um, <laughs> Praise God for church basements. I know. Well, you had, you had walked in today and said, man, this just smells like a church basement. <laughs> well, it was a positive thing because I had preached in a number of churches, especially in my younger years, and it just reminded me of going down to the pastor's office in the basement uh-huh. and getting ready to preach. So it was a happy it was a happy memory. So what does a church basement smell like? It smells like love. It smells like old books that are ready to be opened and preached. I was going to say musky, damp, and uh, maybe some mold somewhere, but that works too. I'm going to go with old books and, and, and ready to preach. Uh, it's funny. It's right next to our, our little room here. We have like a – so in the basement of the church here, we have like a conference room. It's And by a conference room, let me, let me rephrase that. We have a long conference table on a stage that has those foldable walls – and that's the room that we recorded. But right next to it is our is our good old trusty uh, church library, yeah. which is very heavily not used. I mean, sometimes there are definitely people who use it. Um, I was actually surprised to see a book on there. I think it's called Kisses from Katie or Kisses from Kate. I don't remember which one, but it's uh, about a lady who goes to Uganda. And I read it while I was in Uganda, which was really bizarre. Huh. Um, but I saw it and I told one of my one of my ladies here, I was like, you should really read this. And it's now one of those books that it, I've been told has been passed around to about seven or eight different women in the church who are all reading it in turn. And I'm like, oh, this is great. Yeah, so yeah. maybe we'll get some good use out of it after all. But yeah, so today uh, today everyone's here. We've got we've got Mike. Hi, everybody. Uh, which you just heard. And then we have Josh. Hey, guys. You have myself, Thad. And then uh, joining us this morning, uh, he was here on our last episode but didn't do any speaking, uh, but has brought a mic today and wanted to talk to us. Uh, we have Zachary Davis with us, who goes by Zach. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on the podcast today. Yeah, thanks for coming, man. It's good having um, you. Why don't you thanks. tell everyone? So everyone here, I think, knows knows us pretty well. Uh, if they don't, that's their own fault. We made an introduction episode. They can, they can go back and listen to it. We don't need to 
to go through all that. Um, but uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are and what brings you here? Yeah, so I live with these guys in the same area, southern central, southern central Pennsylvania. You don't live with us, though. Right? No, <laughs> not, not with you, but in the same area, just yeah. not close proximity. But yeah, so I am um, working on my doctorate ministry through Regent University in Christian Leadership and Renewal, which is another fancy word for helping out with church revitalization or church planning, which is amazing because... Mike and I have been getting actually to know each other very well and working together with a church plant project that he has, and we're hoping within a couple of years to get that off the ground running, and on, aside from that, helping out with Pastor Thad, of course, in the southern central Pennsylvania region working with churches. So it's pretty exciting to see what God has for us. Yeah, Sweet. Good to have you, Zach. Thanks. So Mike and I both have our, our master's degrees. Um, Mike has his in... Theology, right? Did you have any other, any any other concentration than that? Uh, it's masters of theology with a concentration in Anglican studies. Okay, that's what I th- I knew there was an e- there was an extra part there, which makes sense because you're Anglican. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I have my my MDiv, and then Zach has his M. So I jokingly call it an MPT, Masters in Practical Theology. So M- it's MPT. All right. Yeah. It sounds it sounds like I the... love Christian acronyms. <laughs> yeah. I just want you to know that oh, they're yeah. just beautiful. And, and MPT <laughs> sounds like there's power behind that. It does. I got an MPT. And then <laughs> and then so so because you're working on your doctorate, that makes you the smartest man in the room, right? That's true. Well, uh, I guess we can inflate my ego just a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah. So if you have any complaints about anything at all said in this episode, Zach's the man to yell at. Yeah. He's the smartest. So. Well, I'm the most edumacated. That's what I've always said. Yeah. Being the most bestest in my class and gooder than everybody else. <laughs> I just thought, you know, I let everybody know that because I'm the most humble person I know. Right. I know. I mean, obviously. <laughs> well, all uh, the puns there intended. All right. Man, yeah. Yeah. It was very punny. All of that was intentional, I think. Wow. <laughs> we hope. Um, well, we, we just, uh, we thanks, thanks for coming in. And um, uh, I'm really excited about this episode. So why don't we, uh, why don't we, Start off with prayer, and we'll, we'll dive right in. Father, thank you so much uh, for the opportunity to talk about your word and uh, be around men and uh, in your presence. So, God, we ask that you would speak to us and through us, and we ask, please, Holy Spirit, come and enrich and encourage your people. Strengthen them for the days ahead. Help them in the season of their life. And use this episode, Lord. Use this episode to grow their faith, to grow them in grace, and help them to be able to be empowered to uh, love your people better. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So we're going we're gonna to open this up with, we really like the question sequencing that we do, where we ask a question about the topic, and then we just kind of go into a nice... Uh, hefty explanation. I think it works well for, for what we do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so the first question we want to ask is, is what is Sabbath and rest? Um, and we're going to start with, with the word rest and, and kind of where we see that. So if you, uh, if you open up your Bibles to uh, Genesis chapter two is really where you start seeing that word uh, rest, at least in our English translations. Um, and of course, now that I say that and I'm looking at it, that all the words are blending together and I'm having a hard time finding it. Uh, there we go. Uh, so if you look at Genesis chapter two, verse two, um, it says, and on the seventh day, God finished the work that he had done and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So that word rested, um, in the, in the Hebrew, uh, is Shabbat. 
And that is if you're one of those people that like to go into strongs and look at the words, which I highly encourage you to do to make sure that we're not totally wrong, uh, is number 7673. And what that word means in, in, in different areas um, is to put a stop to, to come to an end, to cease, um, to observe the Sabbath, but it also means to rest. Um, and, and the reason, the one thing is when we talk about the Hebrew language is, is understanding that sometimes it's ambiguous and there's a lot of different meanings behind these words and it's not always one meaning. And so when you're translating the, the Hebrew text, you have to use a lot of context clues to figure out what is this talking about? Because Josh, you just asked me earlier, like, how do you know um, the difference between um, um, Shabbat and Shabbat? Uh, which are two different words, yeah. and and you know when you're reading it in the original manuscript, it doesn't have the the um, the vowels written into it, so it's like okay, well, how do I tell? But you know, it it was originally a spoken language, and it wasn't written down, and so you could you could hear those things, and then we started writing it, and it and it changed stuff. So, um, but anyways, we're talking about this first word, Shabbat, um, with a V sound, and and that is that is rest. So. Yeah, and if you know, just as a quick bunny trail, uh, in, in ancient cultures, when a king would finish their work, uh, especially in war, or in some cases building, they would often sit and rest as a place of victory. Mm. And so here it is in this ancient culture, God is not resting because he's necessarily tired, but he is a completed uh, and finished victorious king sitting and resting and letting us know that the authority is now in place. I mean, and just just to geek out a little bit more, like in ancient cultures, the majority of times when people in power ruled, they ruled sitting down. Yeah. Yeah, it's totally, I don't want to geek out on that too much. Well, that's why they have thrones. I yes. Mean, the whole concept of yes. having a throne in the throne room is- So this is, this is picturesque right here. Yeah. God is on his throne. He's letting us know he's in charge and he's done a good job. Well, that first God. point that you made too, we can actually see that in the, in the story of David and Uriah where, where uh, um, Uriah comes for more, and uh, David has just slept with Bathsheba, um, Uriah's wife, and um, he brings him back from war and, and tells Uriah, you know, go, go lay with your wife, go rest, and what does Uriah do? He refuses. He refu- right, he refuses. He, go, he does sleep, but he sleeps with the guards. Mm-hmm. He sleeps outside the city gates to protect. He, do, he doesn't actually enter into that rest because the war wasn't over. Right. His men were still battling. Yeah. Um, so which of course the story goes on, David gets frustrated and it was like, fine, we're just going to kill you anyways. Yeah. And, and I tried to, I tried to help you, man. And then he's, yeah. Not a good um, one for David. No, not a good look at all, but, uh, rest, we'll but yes, but yes, he, he refused to rest fully. He does sleep, but he doesn't rest fully. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Since we're talking about rest here today, all four of us know what that is, right? Uh, <laughs> why don't you hit us with a little bit more? We, we should, but yeah. we don't. <laughs> so we'll keep this practical. What, so when you think of rest, generally, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I'm taking a nap. I'm going to kick back on the sofa and couch, especially you got those like nice recliners that are electric. You just hit the button and mm-hmm. there you go up. It's beautiful. Or like me, hey, I got a new series I want to watch on Netflix. I'm going to take a whole day and just binge watch that entire thing. <laughs> or you might say, hey, I'm going to just listen to my favorite podcast today, which hopefully is Practical Priesthood. Of course. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> now. On the flip side, when we talk about work, we can say that that's a kind of labor where, you know, if you're growing up in your house and you're a kid and your mom says, hey, I need you to do chores around the house. Or if you got a regular nine to five job or something like that, your supervisor might say, hey, I need you to take care of this project today or 
get these projects done by the end of the week. But honestly, I think there's more to life than just working and resting. And Mike, why don't you discuss the issue of struggling to find that rest? Yeah, because no matter how we try to struggle our way through being this part of human, AKA we caffeine ourselves up, we're, we're going to need rest. I mean, eventually the energy tank runs out and there's not a, a, a energy drink out there or a caffeinated beverage that's going to stop you from having to take rest. So uh, one, one definition of rest is the practice of ceasing work or activity to relax and restore one's energy. So the struggle we have is, especially in our culture, of wanting to, to knock off the to-do list and keep pounding the ground, but yet our tanks run out and we need to get our energy restored. Yeah, and I think part of that comes from this, like especially in the West, the cult, the, this cultural norm where you're valued right. more if you work more. Um, they, they, you, you hear the concept of like put in the grind, right? If you want to, if you want to get to your goal, you have to put in the, put in the work, put in the grind. And, uh, I, I hear it a lot with some of my, some of my other friends from, from like high school and college where they'll say, well, I work 60 hours a week. Well, I work 70 hours a week. Well, I'm salary and I only have to work 40, but I work 80 and, and, and we, we pride ourselves in that. And that's why rest is sometimes really hard. It is because it's starting to hit moral grounds that if you're not producing, you are not worth something in our culture. Your work, you looked at as less, especially um, now, of course you can overdo it and become lazy and slothful. Right. But in, in a culture like ours, there's going to need a good, a good bit of reminding about why rest is important. And I think this is where David Whithoff, that uh, definition I gave there about restoring one's energy, look, you are human and you can't get around the fact that you're going to have to restore your energy. And so rest represents a break from physical labor and worldly striving. It provides a time for mental and spiritual restoration. In the midst of suffering and struggles of existence, people may long for rest. So here's something that Joel Spolstra is going to get into here. He says this, rest requires a safe place. So the concept may be used to indicate peace. Uh, Deuteronomy 25, 19, and possession of land to which to rest, Joshua 1, 15. So this is the nitty gritty of needing a safe place and a location for it. The promised land symbolized God's promise of rest after Israel's time of wandering in the wilderness. Deuteronomy 12, 10, death as the ultimate end to all earthly striving is also regularly described as a time of rest, Job 3, 17, Joshua Spolstra. So here, here it is where God, and you read Genesis, he's talking about this concept of rest for his people, for the mental and spiritual restoration, and then he gives physical application for it. Yeah. And this is how important it is. And and if you're if you've, you know, ever worked endless hours, you get to a point where where your body your body has been designed by God to naturally shut down when like it, it gets to a point where you cannot control it. Um, we, we see it a lot with people, especially driving. Driving seems to be a thing that people do, uh, a lot of, and, uh, a lot of people don't realize how tired they are until they start driving, especially if they haven't stopped. Mm -hmm. And you start, you, I mean, you see more and more every day accidents that people have where they just fall asleep behind the wheel. It's not because they're intoxicated or are on any drugs or anything. They just are so exhausted that they just can't function anymore. Um, and I mean, that happens to all of us if we don't, if we don't rest. I, re I remember, um, you know, I was fortunate enough to never have to deploy. So most of my stories come from, <laughs> from basic training, but I remember, uh, you know, in, in that setting, all you do is run 
Like you run everywhere. Anything that you do, you run to it and then you sit and you take, you know, you're learning, you're applying what you're learning. And I remember just getting, being so exhausted, not sleeping well, you know, physically working all the time that it got to the point where you're, you're sitting on the bus to get to the range for, it's a five minute drive. And then as soon as you sit down and that bus starts moving, I just remember my head going back on the back of the seat and just for a split second, just having that moment of rest. And when you're, when you're purely exhausted, you, you don't realize how much you want rest until you finally get it for just a little bit. And you're like, I just want to go back to that. Mm-hmm. That sweetness just for that moment. It is, it yeah. is, it is sweet. It is sweet. So this reminded me of my days back when I was in college. Oh, so many years ago now. But and you're still technically in college. Eh, I mean, yeah, just I guess technically postgraduate studies, you could call it as the official term. But <laughs> but there was this college I used to go to called Messiah College, which now they changed their name. Yay. But the funny thing was they had these shirts, which I think they still sell them. Um, if you've ever heard of Messiah College, now called Messiah University, they have these shirts called You Might Be a Falcon If, and there's like 10 things on that shirt. Mm-hmm. The one that always stuck out to me that gave me a good laugh was, you might be a falcon if you think sleep is in the same category as tooth fairies and dragons. <laughs> and I laugh because this is my first year in college. I'm like, oh, come on. I, we all get sleep, right? Boy, was I wrong. I mean, I, I can remember just being up till 4 or 5 in the morning cramming these like 10, 12-page papers in just saying, hey, class is in two hours. I got this. The funny thing is that that doesn't that only happens to students who procrastinate. <laughs> like the the whole concept of sleepless nights at college isn't isn't supposed to be the norm. That's just what happens when you don't do any of your work until the last second. And I'm one of those students that did that. Oh, I thought um you know throwing the frisbee with your friends and socializing was part of the uh, educational requirement. <laughs> <laughs> that's working out really well for us right now, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but to go back to what you said, that and what you also said, Mike, like you can look up all these statistics. The average American's what working 40, 50, 60 hours a week yeah. to kind of go on a small bunny trail. Like I remember one job I used to work at a fast food restaurant where the supervisor of that store was pushing 60, 65 hours a week. Yeah. So you think about that, there's a lot of this mindset of, again, we have to perform, we have to have expectation. If we're not being productive, we're not contributing back to our community or society. So let's dive into that uh, second aspect, uh, Sabbath. Yeah. Um, so so rest and Sabbath are are two different things. Uh, they, they work very closely together. That's why they're kind of, they're together in this podcast. But they're so close together in, in, in concept and in meaning that they, they share almost the same word in the, in the Hebrew language. So um, we had Shabbat, which was rest, and now we have Shabbat, which is Sabbath. Um, and that's Strong's 7676, if you want, if you want to look it up. Uh, and, and what one of the dictionaries had said about it was that um, it's the seventh day of the week, known in many cultures as Saturday, an important day dedicated to rest and to worship. Uh, so when we're talking about resting, it's the it's the act of ceasing of working. It's the act of of stopping that busyness of of stepping back. When we're talking about Shabbat or Sabbath, we're talking about the. It's almost a, a, a at this point a concept. It started as being a particular day. That was the the Shabbat, which would have been in Jesus's time. It would have been Friday night into Saturday night. Was was the timing that they used. That was when the new day started. Um, was at nightfall when when the sun went down 
And so that's when they would have taken that Sabbath rest on that day. Um, and we're going to talk about it a little bit later, but it's it's one of those concepts that w- it was a really good intention by God, and then of course we humans messed it up and made it our own thing. Uh, but it, but that the thing is, is that argument still continues even to this day, even after some pretty clear explanation from Jesus. We're still there are churches arguing with other churches about, well, church should be on Saturday instead of Sunday, or church should be on. Friday night into Saturday night and not on Sunday morning and, and arguing with one another. Or, and then in some circles, it's, you know, it we're, we've gone backwards into the pharisaical mindset of Sabbath and we yell at other Christians for not taking the whole day of Sunday or Saturday or whatever off and doing absolutely nothing. Um, but then on the flip side, we have people who literally never observe the Sabbath. So, mm-hmm. um, never it, rest. It, yeah, they never rest and they never observe the, the Sabbath in the sense of a day. Yep. Um, so, so yeah, so that's kind of that's kind of the introduction to Sabbath. Yeah, it's definitely a, one of those big fancy words that gets, I would say, thrown around a lot more than a football. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. it absolutely does. But you know, you think about it. If you go to the New Testament and you look at the Gospels, Jesus talked about the Sabbath quite a lot, mm-hmm. and especially in his encounters with the Pharisees and trying to explain to them what the Sabbath was actually all about. However, to get the full context of the Sabbath. We need to look back at Genesis, particularly Genesis chapter 2, verse 2. So, Josh, if you don't mind, could you read that for us? Yeah, Thad had read this earlier. It said, says in uh, Genesis 2, 2, And on the seventh day God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. Thanks, Josh. Yeah, so you see back there that God took a break from everything. Now, you might be saying, okay, did God really need to take a break? because he's God, he doesn't need rest, but what this shows us is he wanted to take a step back, look at all the goodness that he created, and he said, wow, this is good. It's like God stepped into this place of delight and reflection where he said all of creation is good. So for us, that could be like we could be working on a project, whether that's building something around the house or doing something that's a favorite hobby of ours. And when we are finished with that project, we can get into this mindset of reflecting on it, saying, wow, this is a really cool thing I accomplished. Yeah, and, and really it's God modeling for his creation what what he wants them to do. Um, it's kind of like the, it, you'd said, you know, did God need to actually, was there a physical need for God to rest? I think all of us would would very easily say no. God didn't need to do that. It's the same thing as God didn't need to create anything. There was no, there was no need for God. That's the that's that's the point. Um, but it's kind of like with Jesus's baptism. That's another example of God doing something that wasn't necessary for God to do, but He did so as an example for His people. Something that He wanted them to do as well, uh, since we're made in His image and supposed to reflect what He does and, and whatnot. Yeah, if you think about it too, the Sabbath kind of opens up this bigger picture, this broader perspective. Um, going back to my childhood experiences, my dad would love would always love to take me on hikes, especially up in the mountains. We actually used to live not too far from here, and we used to go up on this side of the mountain, and we got to overlook like several towns. We got to see the highways. We got to see other mountains in the area. And what we did was we looked at that, and we saw how it all basically connected with each other, like how the roads connected with the towns and cities. And it gave us this bigger perspective that we could see from this viewpoint rather than trying to look at it from our own backyard, which 
You can't because there are too many houses around us. But in that same idea, a Sabbath, a Sabbath of rest allows you to see the bigger picture of your life, what God's doing in your life, the goodness that's going on, and saying, wow, this is really good what God has for us. Mike, did you want to add anything to that? Yeah, I think it, it, we're, we're looking in this concept and, and what Scripture talks about in Sabbath is is you're, you're talking about having a God perspective. It's a time to step back and say, who's in charge? Who's creating? Who's ruling? Who's the sovereign one of the universe in our lives? And so this um, this godly perspective that you're saying we do on our, on our day of rest, you see this a lot in the Old Testament um, where they're going and they're, they're literally sitting before Torah. And Torah then allows them to have their lives shaped by God's worldview, God's perspective. Can, can you elaborate a little bit on what you mean by sitting before Torah? Yeah. So in the synagogue, um, this is in a, in a time where people did not have access to books like we do today, and many of them couldn't read. And so the men and women would come into synagogue and they would sit down and the Torah was read to them, um, portions of the prophets, prophets uh, portions of the first five books of, of Moses and so on and so forth. And so they would sit before a Torah and then a synagogue leader and or a rabbi in the, inter- the beginning of the intertestamental period would then tell them, what does this mean? Yeah. How to apply it to your life? And so more than that, but you know, get, you get my point. Um, and so that provided perspective. Yeah. It allowed them to take a step back because you'll you'll notice this many times in our own lives. The, the the days of the week begin to muddy our vision, whether it's through pain and suffering, whether it's through exhaustion, and having this recentering time uh, where we're s- sitting before God's word and we're sitting in in the, in the presence of others who love us and care for us to have our our emotions restored, our, our spiritual lives restored. This is that biblical concept of Sabbath coming to life. Yeah. But we do want to jump into something important here as we're talking about Sabbath. And this is something we want, we want to make clear. Um, Jesus fulfills our ultimate Sabbath rest. And we want to, um, as, we're, as we're proceeding forward, the most practical thing I can tell you as my listeners is that Christ is the fulfillment of the Sabbath. Right. So he is the seventh day rest that we're looking for. He is the new creation that God's going to do on day eight, if you will. Yeah. And uh, uh, Joel Spolster says it this way, Jesus promises rest for all those who follow him, Matthew eleven twenty eight through 29. According to the writer of Hebrews 3 and 4, the rest God provides through Jesus is the fulfillment of the Sabbath and the ultimate fulfillment of God's promises in the Old Testament to provide rest to his people. The salvation represented by rest reflects the culmination of redemptive history and the echoes the rest that awaited Israel in the promised land after their 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. So no matter what rest period you want to take throughout the week, if it's not centered in Christ, you're missing the point. It's not rest. It's not rest. No, and it's not Sabbath either. Um, and and that's that's the that's the that's the point of it all is that we we've gotten stuck on arguing about what day of the week does it have to be on? How how does it supposed to look? And the and the, the reality is is it's really supposed to just be a centering moment on Christ, on who Christ is, what He's done in your life, what what He's doing right now. And reflecting in and resting in on that. It's the whole concept of abide in me, right? That's what Sabbath rest is. It's abiding in Christ. That is the Sabbath. And the ancient church knew this yeah. because they called it the Lord's Day. So think about it. They talked. They looked at Sunday as the day he was resurrected, and they said, we're going to celebrate 
not necessarily the word Sabbath, even though I'm, I'm not, you know, knocking anybody for using that word. I'm not being nitpickety here, but they called it the Lord's day because they wanted to make sure this day of rest is a day of rest because of his resurrection. Yeah. And, and there's often, there's often the argument that, that it's, it's becoming more popular to, to, in the, in the, in the, the world of arguing over what day we should celebrate the Sabbath and the Lord's day. Um, there's been this, this huge movement to talk about, I, I believe it was, um, Constantine people saying that Constantine made the new Sunday or made Sunday the Sabbath day, and that since that happened, we shouldn't observe that and whatnot. But that's, again, we're getting into that nitpicky kind of pharisaical mindset um, of that. But, we, you know, we, we when we look at Sabbath as a whole, uh, we've talked a lot about our, some Old Testament um, ideas and what Sabbath meant. Uh, and, Mike, you had brought up, you know, what does it mean in Christ? And I think that's a really important thing. So I... I was looking over some some resources, and uh, I really just kind of fell in love with um, Elwell and Beitzel. So Walter Elwell and Barry Beitzel um, in the Baker Encyclopedia of the Bible have some just amazing, amazing things to contribute to this conversation. So I wanted to read one of them. We can talk a little bit about it, and then I've got one more to read from them that I think would, would add to this. So um, this first part here, what they said was, um, uh, Jesus's point of collision with the Pharisees was the point at which their tradition departed from biblical teaching, which is something that we've talked about a lot, where tradition is a good thing yes. until it departs from biblical teaching, when it's antithetical to, to the Bible. Uh, he made this clear when he defended his disciples by appealing to Scripture, after they had been accused of breaking Sabbath tradition by walking through grain fields and breaking off heads of wheat, which fell into the category of harvesting, according to the Pharisees. You can see that in, in Mark chapter 2. He followed this up with a remark that took the hearers straight back to God's creation purpose for the Sabbath. So, so Jesus says in Mark chapter 2, verse 27, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Rabbinic tradition had exalted the institution above the people it was meant to serve. By making it an end in itself, the Pharisees had effectively robbed the Sabbath of one of its main purposes. Jesus' words must have sounded uncomfortably familiar in his opponent's ears. A famous rabbi had once said, The Sabbath is given over to you, but you are not given over to the Sabbath. By you, the rabbi meant you Israelites, to the exclusion of everyone else. Jesus, by giving this well-known saying with its important half-truth and new twist, recalled the Creator's purpose of instituting the Sabbath. It was given as a blessing to all mankind, not just to the Jewish nation. So that, I mean, first of all, that's a great, great explanation of Sabbath rest. And I think they did just a fantastic job talking about it. But what do you, what do you guys think about it? Yeah. So to add a little uh, citation to that, uh, there's a great book I got to read a couple months ago called uh, Sabbath by Dan B. Allender. And as you were saying that, Thad, it reminded me of one thing he said in his book, which was the Sabbath is a day of delight for humankind, animals, and the earth. It's not merely a pious day and not a fundamentally a break a day off for a 24 hour vacation. It's more of this, like God gave this as a gift to us. Yeah. It's stepping into this unique perspective, which for me, there's a friend of mine. He's got a really cool cabin, not too far from my house. It's about an hour or so away. And when I go there, I get no cell phone service. I get cut off basically from society. Can't check emails. And when I'm there, I get to hear the nature, whether it's the birds, whether it's the crickets, all the intricate parts of life that live around there. And 
it's almost like stepping into this different world. Like you're almost stepping into like your own Narnia, essentially, where you're no longer tied to the obligations of, okay, I have to do this Monday morning, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And you're basically in this, you know, maze of life, essentially. Whereas now you get to hit the pause on that. Yeah. The uh, the first time that I had really experienced the concept of, of just doing nothing uh, from a from a Jewish perspective actually came from back to, you know, back to my military uh, time. Uh, my, my job in the military was, was what used to be called a chaplain assistant, which is now, I think it's religious affairs specialist, but I was at a, I was, uh, you do our training at the chaplain school at Fort Jackson, South Carolina. And the chaplain school has both assistants, uh, our religious affairs specialist, and it has chaplains in training, you know, people who are there. So we had, we had Christian chaplains, we had Hindu chaplains, we had, uh, Muslim chaplains and we had Jewish chaplains, and I'm sure there were, were many more. And one of our training events that we did um, we had one of the Jewish chaplains come and speak to us as assistants, um, to kind of give us a little bit of a, Hey, here's what Judaism is and all this stuff. And I remember him, uh, we're out in the field in this, in this big tent. And I remember him talking about, um, kind of his work schedule and, and what he does. And I remember him getting to a point where he's like, yeah, you know, we practice, uh, Sabbath on Friday night into Saturday. And, uh, I, you know, during that time, I don't, I don't, I don't do anything. I don't write. I don't read. I don't do anything. And I, and it just didn't click in my head. Like, I'm, I'm like, what do you, what do you mean you don't do anything? He's like, well, I, I make all my food the day before. Um, I, I make stuff that I don't have to heat up in the microwave. So that way I'm not cooking and I'm not working. I don't, if I, I even remember saying to him, yeah, but what if, what if like you, you know, I'm assuming you do some sort of sermon, you know, in, in, in your synagogue. He's like, yeah, kind of. And I said, so if you're sitting there on, on, on Saturday morning, and, and God just reveals something to you that he wants you to say to his people, but you know, you've got to write it down. You won't write it down. He's like, no, I won't write anything. I don't write. I don't read. I don't, and I, I just, it just blew my mind. I was like, I don't, that seems odd to me. <laughs> that seems really, really, really strict. Uh, and it kind of just, it, it, it carries on today. He is trying to follow the institutional understanding of don't even make a fire. That's what it was told in the law. If you make a fire, you could be, you know, face capital punishment essentially. Yeah. And uh, I had a I had a friend who worked for a family that practiced the Jewish faith, and they wouldn't even turn the light switches on. Yeah, nothing. And, and if you go to Israel today, um, it's the same thing. Yeah. You you will, they won't even turn on the elevators. Like if you if you're in Israel and you need to use an elevator and, and it's Sabbath, you're you're walking the steps. You're taking the stairs. And so on on the one hand, there's this concept, and I want to pull in what. Um, what Zach is saying here that we need a break and we need to connect back with God at the center. And at the same time, you said it in the beginning of the podcast, humans just find a way to screw things up Mm -hmm. and miss the point uh, of, of what God gave this gift for. Yeah. Um, So I want to, I want to touch on the last part of what they had said of what LL and Beitzel had said. Um, So to continue on in, in, in this uh, section on Sabbath, they said, God intends all his people to share his rest. That is his promise in the Hebrews 4. He showed this intention clearly when he brought Israel to the promised land, but that did not mark the complete fulfillment of his promise. The full, complete rest still waiting for the people of God is in heaven. Christ has already entered there. He is resting from his work, just as God did after the creation. And because of his redeeming work, he invites all those who believe in him to share that same Sabbath rest now. 
So here, finally, the two main strands of biblical teaching on the Sabbath meet. The promised fulfillment in heaven does not, of course, necessarily rule out the idea of a Christian Sabbath that can be observed in the real world here and now as a pledge of the real thing still to come. But Hebrews' main concern, the book of Hebrews' main concern, is to challenge its readers to continuing faith and complete obedience. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest that no one fall by the same sort of disobedience. That's a good word right there. Which one? All of it. That's <laughs> yeah, a really good quote. It, it is. It, I, I read it, and I just thought this, is, this needs to be included because it's so true, is they, they, they really do marry together. And it's, it's almost like we've talked a little bit before about the, the concept of already but not yet. Yeah, right? The kingdom absolutely. of heaven is already present here and now through, through Christ's life, his death, his resurrection, and ascension. We, we're, we're experiencing the kingdom of heaven. That's when we started seeing that come back together, that reunification, that, that uh, restoration. And, and there's still the not yet, right? The kingdom of heaven is still to come. And we, we sit here as, as believers and as, as genuine believers in Jesus Christ, we're always longing for that taste of, of heaven, that, all, that, that not yet to experience it now. That's part of the Lord's prayer, right? Um, we, we want to experience the kingdom of heaven right now and have it around us. And part of what we do on, on, you know, for most of us on Sunday morning when we come together to worship, we are experiencing the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. That's the whole point of why we do it. So when we say, yeah, we, you know, you can worship God with just you and someone else in the coffee shop. That's great. But that's, that's kind of one of the points of coming together in Christian worship is to be in the presence of other believers to worship God. That's what Christian worship is, is it's experiencing the kingdom of heaven now. But on the other side of that, genuine, true Sabbath rest is experiencing the kingdom of heaven now and not waiting for it to come. It's, mm-hmm. it's right there. So, so, to, so all of that to say... It's important in our Sabbath rest to not just sit twiddling our thumbs with our feet up and watching our favorite Netflix show or even listening to your favorite podcast. That is okay. Those aren't bad things to do on your Sabbath, but making sure that that time, not necessarily day, but that time that is your Sabbath rest, making sure that it's actually something devoted to God, to his worship, to to learning about him, to growing in him. So I would say... If you have to choose between listening to our podcast on your Sabbath day or binge watching your favorite show on Netflix, do the one that gives glory to God. I'll let you decide which one that is. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. Yeah, this right here, the promise fulfillment in heaven does not, of course, necessarily rule out the idea of Christian Sabbath that can be observed in, a, in the world here and now as a pledge of the real thing. That phrase right there. I mean, so when we're gathering on Sunday mornings, and here's more shameless plugs, go to ChristTheRedeemerPA.com if you want to find out where you can come worship with me and my church, and and that is at UMC Calvary Dillsburg. I don't know the Wow, you just you made up your whole new no, it's CalvaryDillsburg.com. Boom, there we go. <laughs> so there's our shameless plug. But I say that because think about the, the the concept there. We're saying that when you gather here, this is a foretaste of what heaven's going to be like. Every race, every nationality, every tongue centered around Jesus, 
taking the Lord's Supper, worshiping, singing, hearing the word of God. This is what it's going to be like forever, guys. And that begins to build that charge. But can you make it where you legalistically miss the point of Christ at the center? Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. And that's a whole other podcast episode, especially when you you talk to other pastors. (laughs) And so we want you to do it. And we want you to come experience that and then carry that out with you. For the rest of the week, the, the 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 nice thing, and that's that's a. I'm glad that you said that because we often. How many times have you heard someone say like, "Oh, I I used to go to church, but I wasn't getting anything out of it. Right. I wasn't feeling fed." A, that's not what it's about. <laughs> the the point of worshiping God is not to fill yourself; it's to worship God. Mm. The 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 counterpart of genuine worship of God is that fulfillment. It's it's the grace of God. Uh, just like it did with Paul, becoming a part of you so much that it's abundant and overflowing, like what Psalm 23 says, my cup runneth over, right? So if we are coming together to genuinely worship God in Sabbath and to rest, and that fills you, when you go out into the world, part of the sending part of the service at the end, you are the person, you are the agent that gets to carry out God's Sabbath rest to the people around you. Go ahead, Pastor. So if, well. you, if you are looking at your friends and your family like, man, they are not resting. They are not observing this any sort of Sabbath. They are not looking at this. Look at yourself and say, am I showing them how to do it? Am I showing them what this means? And and I think that will really help you out to figure out if that's, you know, if you're genuinely worshiping. Amen. Amen. All right, we're done. See you guys. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so so we've, we've spent a lot of time talking about Sabbath and, and about rest. Um, and really, we've talked about why you should take uh, Sabbath and why you should rest. But you know, we've got some, a few more points here. So Zach, why don't you hit us with something? Before I do, I want to add another shameless plug. Uh, when you go to Mike's church, there's always free food after the service. So there you go. There's hey, your hey, dinner. Hey. Well, there's free food after my service, too. <laughs> All right. We're going to square up on churches. Well, hey, if you're in the morning, he's in the evening. There you go. In the Book of Imaginations, yeah, okay, yeah. it says that the best way to a man's heart is through his stomach. Really, that's not imaginative. I know. I that's, like, not? that's just true. <laughs> like, it's like that's like college ministry. There's free pizza and soda. Oh, I'm there. There you go. So what happens if we don't rest? I, yeah. So I've I've been pretty. Um, I had to learn this the hard way, actually. Yeah, I'm still learning it the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I am too. But but there was a time I really, really learned it the hard way. This is about a couple years ago. I was working a job at a church cleaning, and they had lost a few guys that had left the job and they bumped me up to 40 hours a week, which isn't bad. But on top of that, I was also working on my undergraduate studies in Christian ministry. And I was also helping volunteering doing a life group at the church, which was amazing because we had a group of about 10 or 15 junior high students where we would spend time with them once a week. We'd play games, we'd do a Bible lesson and practice discipleship which is really amazing to pour into these young men's lives, which most of them now are getting married, having full-time careers, finishing up college. So to see that, you know, seed be planted and grown is amazing, which small bunny trailer. But anyway, so I'm doing all these responsibilities. I'm doing all this work. And I did this schedule for about six months. I remember towards the end of that six months, I was sitting in a Sunday evening youth service and I just sat on the side of the wall and started falling asleep. And my one friend who helped lead the life group tapped me on the shore and said, 
dude, are you okay? I'm like, nah, man, I'm, I'm pretty tired right now. And looking back at that, I realized I had been so busy and so concerned trying to work, be productive, like we said earlier in the podcast, where I didn't take time to rest, to have a Sabbath, to set that time aside and reflect and say, okay, God, how are you using me in my life for your glory? Yeah, so essentially we call it burnout, right? I mean, we all face this physically, we face it spiritually, emotionally, socially, and it's an indicator that something's not right and we need to make an adjustment. So this question of why should we practice Sabbath and rest, it's because it's God's gift to us and we have limitations and we're going to face them. Um, and if, if we don't, if we don't sleep, <laughs> if we don't sleep, I think most of us in this room have experienced an overload of burnout of what happens when we don't get enough sleep and rest. Now, I say this, please pray for me, because when Thad said he's still learning it, me too. Mm-hmm. Um, Amen. We, we are human, and we need to honor the humanness that God has for us to practice this concept of rest and Sabbath. So... When should we practice rest and Sabbath? Uh, does it have to be on Sunday? So this is the this was the pre-podcast discussion we had prior to you know starting the podcast where you know there's so many like I think you and I and Thad and Josh we there's so many different ways that people look at the Sabbath like again oh is it Sunday is it Saturday is it for preachers on Monday because they basically preach on Sunday and take care of their church on Sundays. And it's, again, our culture has this mindset of, okay, here's a 40-hour work week Monday through Friday. Here's a weekend take off. But if, again, we live in this mindset of, okay, it has to be a specific day, we're not essentially getting the whole point of what the Sabbath is. Now, I know some churches like to have a policy where they say, okay, you know what, Monday, let's close the offices. Let's give everyone the day off from Sunday. Now, personally, I, I think that's great because it encourages, you know, the staff of that organization to say, hey, you know what? We don't have an obligation to come into the office today. Let's make that day our Sabbath out of the week. But what really trips people up is if we get caught up in saying, okay, it has to be this day of the week where it's a do and don't list. Then we go back to what we said earlier where we we miss that point where it's more than just that. And we're what we're saying is at some point, depending because of your work schedule, or maybe you're a nursing mom and you've been up uh, with, with a child all night or a sick child, whatever it is, we're trying to say, take a day, take a day, take a period of time as much as you can in a 24 hour cycle to rest and reflect on God. Now, preferably the more common way we do this is to celebrate it on the Lord's day, which is traditionally on Sundays, but it's not a legalistic thing we're binding you to because we realize life happens. But at the same time, we're in a culture too, on the flip side of it, that would say, well, I don't need other Christians. I don't need to reflect on God. Um, I'm you know, going to stay at home and uh, do something else than going to be with God's people and then finding a day of rest. No, we're not giving you an excuse either not to be obedient, to, to gather with other Christians and to honor the, the plan God has for your physical body and your mental body to rest. So whenever it is, Please do your best to try to do it. Whenever it is, do your best to try to do it. Um, now, 
if um, you're in a spot, there is seasons, there's grace. I mean, everybody knows that there are seasons of life where sometimes things don't happen in commonality, in sense, or I shouldn't say commonality, in, in, in the way you always want them to go. But the concept is if you don't plan for it, it won't happen. So you have to be intentional and labor to rest. Um, I mean, that in, in the sense of you're going to have to clear things out. You're going to have to uh, work hard to make sure that, that day or that time or that period is going to be uh, that, that thing for which you want to get yourself refreshed. You want to encourage other people. You want to worship God, et cetera, et cetera, all the things we talked about so far. So you've got to be intentional. Um, so we are, uh, we're going to try to put this all together. We're going to look at here some, some practical application. Yeah, so the practical application of it, there's a great Christian leader, author, writer named Peter Scazzaro, and, you know, Mike, to kind of add about, okay, do I have a day to take a Sabbath? So, and there's some seasons in your life where you might not be able to do that. However, you could try to cut out a rhythm. Um, Peter Scazzaro talks about this where, you know, maybe I start off with eight hours, maybe I start off with 12 hours, maybe I start off with small chunks where I can just get away from, okay, I have to check my emails all the time, I have to do all these things, this whole chore list, essentially. And once you're able to find the rhythm of your working life and your Sabbath and your own personal rest, there's a lot of much healthier lifestyle that comes out of it. Um, another good advice is just find the time in your week where you can just make that time, take that time off. A good friend of mine once said, you know what, sometimes you have to just make the time. You can't just say, oh, I have this time, I have that time. You've got to make it a top priority. And, you know, for some of our listeners there that might not be, you know, you know, might be getting into the Christian faith, might just be saying, hey, what's Christianity all about? I would say to them, hey, learn to rest properly. Learn to take breaks from your work schedule, whether you're working that 40-hour work week or you're balancing your college with your studies. Find those pockets of time where you can just take a break from that. You know, ask yourself simple questions like, hey, am I doing okay? Am I getting enough sleep? Am I drinking way too much coffee. I, I love coffee. I think it's safe to say we all love coffee in this room, but we all know if we're if we're drinking coffee just to keep the grind going, we're going to eventually run out of steam. And you know, again, it's also learning when to say no to some things. Learning when to say, "Hey, I can't take these responsibilities because I already have these commitments going on." Mm, that is a hard thing to do. I'm 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 a type A guy. I like to make sure things are done right, and I like to be hands-on on pretty much everything. And that is that is a hard thing. That's something that I've had to practice uh, over the last year is starting to say, I'm sorry, I can't do that. Um, and that is that is very difficult to do for, for me as a person. So saying no is hard work. I mean, that's the reality of it at times because you're risking offending somebody or you're risking the, uh, the the chance that you know you're going to miss out on whatever's happening, but there's there's a greater good. You're hitting a value that you have to have. Yeah, I think for I think for me, it's it's not so much those things. It's more that I I enjoy helping other people. I enjoy not so much feeling like I disappointed them, but that I I want to I want to make it easier on other people. So like an example could be. Um, uh, like the library across the street, if they email me and say, "Hey, we really need someone to to come in and work tonight from from four to six, can you do it?" and I'm and I like 
have a full day, I have a busy week. There's that little part of me that's like, just say yes, it's fine, it's totally okay. And then there's the other part of me that's like, no, you don't have any time to do this. And, and it's learning to to train yourself to really start being able to say, no, I don't have time. And and not being, not apologizing for that either. It's not something that you have to apologize. I'm sorry, I don't have the time. Don't don't even apologize. Just say, I do not have the time to do that. But thank you for thinking of me. Yeah. And going on from there. Yep. That's a it's a really important thing to do. Um, I'm pretty upset at myself though, um, because I've been the last couple of minutes that you guys have been talking. I've been trying to find a picture on the internet for a reason. There was a uh, there was a a a meme. I don't. I'll, I hope it's a meme, where uh, it was a church uh, posting in the newspaper what they wanted their pastor to be, like their job description for their pastor, and it was something along the lines of. You know, we want our pastor to be in the office uh, full time. We also want our pastor to be out in the community full time. We want our pastor to write really good sermons, but we don't want them to be too long. We want our pastor to uh, to to love the church, but also to love his family. We want the pastor to uh, something else was pretty funny, and it was um, we want our pastor to to do all these things, but we also want our pastor to be able to go home and spend time with his family on top of all the other so. For all the pastors out there, the, the the job that you're working can often, that's really the reality for a lot of pastors is you're pulled in so many different directions and doing so many different things that you don't, you yourself don't rest. Yeah. You don't take that Sabbath and uh, it's, it's difficult, but necessary. Yes. And one thing I wanted to pull in, uh, we were talking before about going to church and uh, doing, um, you know, weekly rhythm with that. Um, that can become legalistic if you don't have the right mentality. And I, here's what I mean. Like, we should have the mentality that God is in our everyday lives so that he's in church and he's in our lives. He's in um, our jobs. He's in our families. And Jesus had said when he was, uh, you know, he was talking to the disciples, he'd say the kingdom of heaven is near. And I think uh, this ties in with, we've been talking about Sabbath rest with being um, a tie-in and a type of picture of Jesus, how he's our Sabbath fulfillment. And then in the very end of the Bible, in the new heavens and new earth, how the whole creation is redeemed and is in the rest state. And um, so in our everyday lives, if we can even get a restful mentality, even in the crazies, now I'm not saying this is ideal, you know, like we do cleaning and sometimes you know, I'll be grinding with my, you know, I'll be having a backpack back on and it's heavy. And even then, if I can have a mentality that, you know, Jesus is real and he's, he went through this and he redeemed me, it can just help give me a better perspective on how to go through those things. And then there is nothing wrong with, we've been talking about the sitting down and, and watching, you know, your favorite show or going on walks because God can be in those too. I just think it's important not to neglect, um, you know, we've been talking with the church stuff. Obviously, don't neglect it because, well, man, God's everywhere. I mean, why should I even go to church? Because that's a huge fundamental part, especially in the sacraments, um, which is a big fancy word for mystery or communion or or and, and stuff like that. So, uh, I think that's a really important point that we have God in our everyday lives. Because Dad has mentioned this before, and Dad and all pastors, I'm sure, have made this joke. You know, you're not a car if you go in your garage. You're not a Christian if you go to church. So having that everyday Christ in me, Christ before me mentality is a big deal. Yeah. You're missing the point basically is what we're saying. If Not, you, if, not you, Josh. If, if, <laughs> exactly. If you're going to church 
and you're not seeing Christ at the center of it. You're missing it. Uh, now, Wesley called these the ordinary means of grace. This is the ordinary ways in which we receive the grace of God. One of them is Christian fellowship, and one of them is the sacraments. One of those sacraments is the Lord's Supper, receiving grace through the Lord's Supper. So these are the ordinary means. And this is what's interesting about church. We end it much like Dad does uh, in the Methodist Church. One of the parts of our liturgy says, let us go forth into the world rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit, because we have received something, grace, rest, and now we're going to go forth and take it with us. So um, of course, one of the ways, and we're going to just jump into getting practical here, um, is we want you to go to worship and we want you to go and pray with other believers. This is a great way to experience the rest of God. But as Josh was saying, Christ has got to be at the center of it. Don't miss that. And it's one of the reasons that the ancient church kept repeating throughout its liturgy, Christ. The center of everything is in the liturgy is Christ. And so when you're worshiping and you're praying and you're going to gain that rest, do it with other believers because scripture commands it. And this is one of the ways the church has said is one of the ordinary ways you experience God's rest. Yeah. Um, one of the things that you said about keeping Christ at the center, uh, C.S. Lewis has a book called Screwtape Letters, uh, which is a phenomenal book. Um, I mean, pretty much anything that C.S. Lewis writes is phenomenal. But in, but in this, the, the concept of this book is that you have a, you have a demon, like a, like a main demon, writing to his nephew demon about how to corrupt people to appease their master, being Satan, right? And, uh, and in it, and, I, and I'm I'm calling I'm recalling off the top of my head and I'm trying to find the, the actual quote, but it, it talks about how um, when they're sitting together in worship, something along the lines of you still haven't lost. They call him patience. You still haven't lost your patience, you know, good nephew um, or bad nephew. I don't know how he words it, but you still haven't lost your patience, even if they go to church, because while he's sitting in there and mimicking the prayers and mimicking these things, all he can think about is squeaky boots of the person behind him, how irritated <laughs> he is. And we laugh at that, but the reality is that's what people do. They come in and, and they, they focus on that. Um, it's actually the quote here says, provided that any of those neighbors, being the people around him in church, sing out of tune or have boots that squeak or double chins or odd clothes, the patient will quite easily believe that their religion must therefore be somehow ridiculous, being the same religion that they practice sitting. So it's, it's, it's phenomenal, but that's... That the whole point of the Sabbath rest, uh, of, of Sabbath and rest, is to come in and to keep Christ at the center. And if you're not, even if you're sitting in church, it's it's you're not doing anything. You're missing it. Yeah, it's it's it is not any better than sitting on the couch and binge watching Netflix. Now, okay, let me. It is only slightly better because at least you're in church. But <laughs> you have an opportunity. Yeah, you have. There's a chance that you could still be redeemed at that point. There's a lot more yeah. channels of grace there. Yes. 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 Absolutely. So another way, a friend of uh, a friend of ours called it a snack and a nap. Uh, a snack and a nap is a practical way to receive rest. The story of Elijah. Elijah's burnt out from doing all this ministry. Actually, he's running for his life. That's the best way to say it. Queen Jezebel has put a death sentence on him, so he's running for his life. Um, and the Lord gives him food by miraculous means and then says, take a nap. Mm -hmm. And this happens on more than one occasion with Elijah. Uh, so one of, the, one of the ways to get your batteries recharged sometimes is a snack and a nap. Now, coincidentally, this is what we do with our toddlers as well. But there is no correlation there. And it's not me saying Elijah was a toddler, but I am saying that we're human. And so a snack and a nap sometimes is a great way to get rest and refreshment. Yeah, another thing you can do is to practice or partake in hobbies that are not draining or intense. Yeah. Um, so 
So Sabbath rest does not mean that you like again, like we said, you don't turn into a couch potato all day. If 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 something that brings you joy that connects you to God is hiking, go on a hike. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's totally fine. It's okay to get in your car to drive your car to a spot to go hiking and do physical exertion. It's still physically demanding, but your spirit is entering into that Sabbath rest with Christ in that in that time. And I know you know um, Zach had mentioned a story, and that's. One of the things that I would often do when I lived in northern Pennsylvania is there's a there's a thing called the Pennsylvania Grand Canyon up at uh Col- it's called Colton Point State Park, um, and there's also the other side of the of the gorge is the Leonard Harrison State Park, but one of the things that I would do is go hike on what was called the West Rim Trail, and on that trail there were natural outcrops in in the woodline that you could see the entire gorge, mm-hmm. and one of my favorite things to do kind of going along with what you said is I would, I would hike out there on, on my day, on my Sabbath day, my day off. Um, and I would sit on this rock. It's kind of stupid, but I'd sit on the edge of this rock that overhung, you know, to the, to the floor below. I mean, 800 feet or plus, uh, it's, it's something I always did as a kid. So I did it as an adult too. <laughs> um, but I would sit there and I would look at all, I would look at the water below. I'd see people walking the, the, the trail I would see all these trees. I'd see birds flying around and, and the, 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 the clouds in the air and planes going over. And you just get to step back and see this whole big picture of what God's created. Because you enter into the woods and all you can see the little tiny microscopic, not microscopic, but you can see the little tiny bugs and you can see the little trees and the leaves and all that stuff. If you had a microscope, you could see the microscopic stuff. But then when you look into that big picture, you're seeing all of that what you saw in the woods, but on a grander scale, and it's beautiful and it's intense. And some people would say, "Well, getting there was a was an act of work, and you really weren't resting." But as I sat, there's there has been no greater moment of peace in my life than sitting on that rock and looking out at all of that and just saying, "Wow!" Like looking at that and saying, yep. "God created me while doing all of that." Like it, it's just mind-boggling. So that's that is Sabbath rest. So do something you'd like to do. Yep. Like rocking out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sitting on a rock, rocking sitting out. A... Or in your case, playing music. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love music yeah. so much. So spending time with friends and family, we've already covered that. And then let's leave you with this, again, in a Western culture that needs to have this repeated. Sit and do nothing on your front porch. We are We are not saying emptying yourself in some Eastern mysticism. We're saying just enjoy the moment. Enjoy where you are. And the serenity prayer says it this way, living one day at a time and enjoying one moment at a time. One of the, again, this is my, my Northern Pennsylvania, you know, person, you know, I, I grew up in the middle of nowhere. I didn't even have a red light in the town that I grew up in. Um, and one of my, one of my favorite things to do, uh, while I was living up there and pastoring a church was sitting on the front porch of my parsonage in the morning and or sometimes the back porch as well and i would sit out there you know 7 30 8 o'clock in the morning um depending on depending on what was going on and and mostly in the summer when it was you know bright out at that time uh, or starting to get bright i should say and i would sit out there with just a cup of coffee come on and i just sit and i I, the fun and this is a this is a funny story and then i think we're then i think we're good um when larissa and i were a few weeks uh, in, you know, right before getting married, we had a few weeks up to the point where we were going to get married. Um, I was doing that same thing that I was, I was sitting on my porch, coffee in hand, watching the steam come up out of it, cold, 
you know, Pennsylvania morning, fog rolling off the mountain. Beautiful. Be- right? Beautiful. Serene. Yeah. And I'm just sitting there and enjoying it. I'm talking to Larissa on the phone, and uh, she had said, my wife's Larissa, she said, uh, so what are you thinking about? And I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, nothing. <laughs> and, of course, this, and this you know, brought us into the conversation of my wife being a woman saying, uh, how are you not thinking about something? And me being a man saying, it's really easy. Most men can do this. Um, and, but, you know, and I've actually used that story in sermon illustrations before about the differences between men and women. But it, but it all, all is to say that that was another moment of, of Sabbath rest of just sitting and not thinking, like letting, letting the, the, the complications of the world, your worries, what do I got to do next for work? Letting all of that stay inside, step outside, sit on the porch and just enjoy what's happening in front of you, whether it's your neighbors walking by and saying, hey, you know, nice to see you, or it's no one walking by yeah. and you're just there. It's okay to not be busy. Yes. Don't let the world confuse you on that because it's, it's tough. It's tough. But I think, we've, uh, I think we've, you know, talked about Sabbath and rest quite a bit, um, and I think we might need to take a rest from talking about it. <laughs> oh. ah. So people want to get a hold of us, Dad. The P3 family is pounded away on the keyboard. They want to know how can we get in touch with Practical Priesthood. Oh, man. You, you, know, it's, you know what's funny is I should learn by now to have all these things prepared before you ask me because <laughs> I totally forget about it. So they can reach us on Facebook. They can reach us on Facebook. If you just look up Practical Priesthood Podcast on Facebook, you will find us. You can also find us on Twitter. We do have Twitter, and Tweet. we basically never use it, but we, we, do, we do share our episodes on there. Uh, if you look up Pract priesthood is our twitter handle one day when we have an intergalactic you know podcast when we're reaching the stars we yeah. may need to tweet we, we might we might need a tweet um you can find us are we on it no we're not on instagram we're not on the gram the no. ig I'd, yeah i'm terrible at social media so i'm not even going to try to pretend that i'm good but we are on youtube we are yeah so we do post our episodes on on youtube uh, we do post them on apple Podcasts, and we do post them on spotify um, or if you listen to podcasts through Anchor, which is where we actually post it and it just spreads out there, you can listen there. Uh, and then the other thing is you can email us. Uh, we, we do have an email account, so you're more than welcome to contact us that way if you want to share ideas or you have any questions. Um, but our email address is practicalpriesthood at gmail.com. And then the final thing, which I'm not even sure Mike knows about yet, or Josh, um, I am working on a website for us. What? Yes. Whoa. Wow. Come on. Um, super simple. <laughs> let me let me reiterate. It's super simple. It's not it's not done yet. It's not nearly ready. But I'm hoping to be able to get that done soon enough that we can start integrating all those uh, episodes and whatnot together, and people can kind of read That's a little awesome. bit about Thank us. Thank you for doing that. Yeah, yeah. So um, it might even turn into something where we can. Um, share some blog posts maybe that, okay. that we want to work whatever. So like it. It, it might happen. I'm going to say it's in the works. I'm not going to guarantee that it's going to happen, but that that might be coming one day down the road. Soon. It's coming soon. I'm, it's coming. <laughs> in every sense of the word, soon. I, I, yeah. So, we'll, we'll say it's in production. I'm going to say it's it's soon as relative. Yes, yes. that's so, yes, exactly. Soon as yeah. relative to who's saying the word. Right. But uh, yeah, because as you know, as a pastor, I have not, not enough to do in no. other areas. <laughs> nothing. You're just bored <laughs> off. Absolutely um, nothing. But yeah, so we we do appreciate you listening to this episode. Those are some ways that you can uh, reach us. We'd love to hear from you. We're always looking for ideas and concepts. 
Um, we really do truly want this this podcast to be not about fame, not about us getting money from it, not about us uh, growing in, in, in notoriety, but just talking about things that people deal with, um, giving glory to God. So if there's if there's a particular topic that you are struggling with, or maybe maybe there's a, a Christianese language that you've heard before that you're like, I really want to know more about that. You know, like one one thing, I'm in a season where I'm doing a lot of funerals right now. One thing I hear a lot of in funerals is, oh, heaven gained a new angel. That's not biblical. That's a whole other episode, though. But if you hear things like that and you're like, you know, I, I want to hear um, I want to hear these guys talk about it. Please let us know. We'd love to love to talk, uh, talk about it and offer you some practical things. And that's just kind of our thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I remember being a new believer and someone talked about eschatology. Yeah. <laughs> what in the world is that? Yeah. Esca what? Or the Christ event. What does that even mean? What is the Christ event? So yeah, email us questions. We'd love to have an episode of listener questions. So. Yeah, that'd be awesome. But uh, why don't we uh, why don't we add this episode like we do with, with all the other ones, and we're gonna we're gonna close out in prayer. So uh, why don't you join me in pray, in praying? There we go. Father, we thank you for this time of coming together, the four of us, to to talk about Sabbath and rest. Uh, we pray for everyone who has listened to this episode, uh, to the people who have started listening to it and said, "No, I don't want to hear this." <laughs> Uh, whoever it might be, we are praying for them and asking God that you bless them and keep them. Yes, Lord. We pray that um, as they've heard this episode, if they've made it to this point uh, where, where they're hearing this prayer now, Father, we ask that you, you bless their lives, that you give them moments to rest, that you put in their heart that, that need and that desire to step back and rest and to observe um, that Sabbath that is your Christ Jesus. Father, we as four broken men who failed to rest like we should, we come before you asking that you put rest in our lives, that you direct us more and more to observe your son as the Sabbath, that we can take a step back and breathe. So Father, we ask all of this in the name of your son Jesus, the Sabbath rest. Amen. 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 Amen.